0: Happy holidays, happy holidays. May the calendar keep bringing happy holidays to you. If your burdens are with trouble, if your are wearing thin, pat your down.
1: Happy holidays everybody and welcome to the passionate dj podcast i'm your host david michael happy and i'm with the whole crew tony Tripp, and mo what is up fellas
2: happy holidays Merry happy Christmas. holidays no, I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mo, dingo trip Charlington, tony Desero. i'm glad to be here with you guys again for our second annual holiday record exchange yes sir so we've all gone record shopping and bought little uh gems either I don't know if they're like real picks or if they're like silly picks. That's the fun about something like this. It's like we have no idea what we're getting into here. Right. We only kind of sort of have a plan here, so <laughs> we're going to do it. But uh, I think we wanted to take a voicemail from uh, our friend Frederick Stanley. Is that correct? From Sweden? Yes. He's, he, yeah, he's called and left us a few them, like, yeah, really good messages. A wh- while back he called Yeah, out. he said
3: he listens to us while he's traveling to gigs, so it's pretty cool that he takes the time out during his travels to actually hit us up.
1: Cool. Let's give it a listen.
0: What a passionate DJ, this voice message comes directly from Sweden. Pretty good family speaking, um, I have a question about managers and agents, uh, booking agents. Uh, because me over the years, I've been DJ for six, uh, for about six years. I'm 19 years old right now, so it's been a, been a while. But I would like to know what are you guys' take on people approaching you at the club or after a gig at Facebook and saying, I want to be your manager or agent booking agent or anything like that uh, because I, I have, I have, I have, I've been dealing with a lot of those lately and uh, I just want to know how do you pick out the one that seems most relevant and how do you get them to get to work because I've had people in the past that said they're going to do this but they never did. So uh, yeah that's my question, keep up the good work, I love this show, always listening to it uh, on the way to gigs, uh, have a nice one.
1: That's an interesting problem to have. Is I have all these people asking me to, to manage me. I've that's not something that I've personally. I don't think I've ever been asked to be managed. So I might not be the person to answer this. Do you guys have any input? I, I had
4: I I did years and years and years ago, but it was a different time. It was a different thing back then. Um, my my first thought on that though is to be really careful about people who are approaching you. You know right. it, because. You know, it could be somebody who's just trying to get something started up. Uh, you don't know the quality of their work or, or you know, how hard they're going to hustle. You don't know how many other people that they are managing and stuff like that. Um, you know, if, if being represented by an agent is something that, you know, you're looking at or interested in or think would be beneficial, I would say do your homework, find out who the big players are out there. And and see what it's going to take to get represented by an agency that you want to be represented by, not sitting there dealing with you know a bunch of people who you may not know or don't know or you know it, you know, it just
1: yeah the first thing that pops into my head is what what problem is this agent claiming that they're going to solve for you right yeah right um, if there's not if there's not something missing that you need you know something that you need an agent to fill then um, why do it you know so that's that would just be where my head in general starts is okay what what hole am I trying to fill here with as far as like I can't get something done that I need
2: a professional's
1: help with yeah
2: um first and foremost that person that's probably approaching this guy probably sees talent in him which is a good thing sure sure yeah um second thing finding out the contacts the network and the connections that this guy agent manager has um And his hustle, because it is a hustle. When you don't have a name, you don't have anything behind you, and you have this agent, manager, whatever you want to call them, going to people trying to get you gigs and get you booked places that you're not even known. Yeah, do they have a
1: body of work already? Yeah, right,
2: right. Um, But if that person is a hustler, you do trust in that person. Give them the opportunity. You know, if they can add you five or six more gigs, even one more gig than you're actually getting, why not? Right. You know, but just don't buckle down with that person until you see results once you start right. seeing results then sure you know yeah. i've never managed anybody i mean i was a booking agent for you know some time with a few people but never really went full force with it i do know some things about it so i got behind crystal grid you know and they're a new duo but really all i'm doing is using my connections to get them a couple gigs here and there and to see where they take it it doesn't hurt to have you know even if you have 3 or 4 different agents, managers, whatever you want to call it, helping you out, getting your gigs, why not?
4: Yeah, and, you know? and I think that's the the key there when it comes to dealing with agencies is that I I, I would be very weary about anything locking you in exclusively mm-hmm. with any one mm-hmm. person until you have have seen those results and are comfortable with making that kind of a commitment with, right. with somebody because there's, there's plenty of uh, horror stories out there. You know, about DJs who have had, you know, really shitty agents who, you know, will book them and take deposits and then, you know, not not actually book any of the travel right. or book the dates or let the DJ even know. So then all of a sudden, you know, I mean,
3: your
1: name's tarnished because your agent wasn't doing anything but taking the money. Right, right. And what's this person claiming that they're going to bring to the table too? you know, so if uh, uh, this is going to be, uh, you know, obviously a different answer for every person depending on what their needs are so maybe by agent this person means hey i'm like a social media expert and i'm gonna get your instagram followers to 10,000. um you know good followers you know true fans blah 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 and and if they demonstrate that hey here's the value i can provide and here's who i've done it for and if they can really demonstrate that and you believe and trust and then that they have something to offer and that then maybe that's what they mean by being an agent maybe that means local bookings around the area you know it's so who knows what they're bringing to the table? You know, right. all that will probably alter the answer here as well.
3: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. and definitely shop around because he's he said that he's had multiple people approach them because I'm sure at some point they're going to want something in return. Ten uh, percent. Yeah, and just making sure that that ten percent is worth them a- as a as an agent to you. If, yeah, if that
2: ten percent is valuable enough for you, I mean, if it's a two hundred dollar booking and you're giving your guy twenty dollars to get you a gig, then why not? Yeah. Yeah. You know
4: man, if I had somebody handling all of my social media alone, I'd pay them 50%. Yeah. <laughs> like, like because I have next to nothing in social media besides my Facebook and the occasional Instagram, right? Like,
1: What, what are your requirements? We can talk. Yeah. About. Yeah, all right. Let's <laughs> talk after the show, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to retire here in a little don't, bit. I don't know if I've got the credentials you're looking for. But, but I can take <laughs> care of wag for 50%. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we have some uh, other questions that came in from your Facebook post. Is that correct? Yes, we do. You can go ahead and take those as well.
3: Amber made Dollar She asked, "What is your best tip for cleaning vinyl? I've got a static gun, and that's pretty seems to much take care of all the issues I've had with
1: my old vinyl."
3: A
4: static gun, man, that sounds fancy. Like yeah. I don't know what that is.
1: <laughs> some like matrix futuristic. <laughs> stuff. Yeah, it sounds like some
3: something grew from. Uh, was it a Despicable Me? That sounds like something he would use. Like <laughs> like he'd shoot him, and all their
2: clothes and go. <laughs> wrinkle up yeah i've I've, always used groove glide and just a little circular the little circular pad that comes with it that's what i've
1: always heard is groove glide yeah Yeah. and
4: and i mean that's uh i've got a can i think i've even still got a can here um but uh so i've always used groove glide too but uh some alternative methods you can wash them just like the dishes Oh, I was
1: going to say the uh, vinyl is that dishwasher safe? It's, well, no, uh, no not dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it on the cold cycle. <laughs> uh, Send all not, hate g- mail to trip. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for the suggestion trip. <laughs> right.
4: No, just uh, some lukewarm water, a little bit of dish liquid um, and you, and whatever, you know, uh, washing media that it, like you use a, a soft cloth or, you know, something like that. Don't use like the, the, the Brillo pads. Pad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, like a microfiber towel or terry towel, something or something like that, like right, that. right. Um, and then just make sure that they, you know, that they dry out, you know. But um, uh, and, uh, another method, though, that I I've seen on the internet, but I've not actually tried it, so your mileage may vary, and try this at your own risk. Um, but wood glue, I've seen um, videos where people will take wood glue and spread it out on top of the record and smooth it out and then and let it
1: dry and
4: let it dry and then peel the, the totally dried glue and, and then that's supposed to, like, you know, uh, uh, kind of like a Biore strip, you yeah. know, where it just kind <laughs> of pulls all that's the so dirt started. out with the with the wood glue. Wow. So um, it's a it's an interesting method, but I haven't tried it yeah, myself. Yeah, I see,
1: I see why you would do that, and I feel like it would work, but that would also be so nerve-wracking. Like, I'm just going to dump glue all over my... <laughs> right. Very so
2: time-consuming. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. Depending on how many records you got. Like, if you picked <laughs> yeah. up, like, a, a 3,000 lot of, you know, 1970s funk, you know you Uh, might be there a a while (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: i have this stuff at home i haven't used it yet so i don't know if i can recommend it yet but Mm -hmm. um it's a kit and it's called i think it's called vinyl style and it's got some some junk in there that's like uh, groove glide and then it's Mm -hmm. got like little brushes and stuff in there right so um we actually have that in our Passionate DJ store, but I haven't been pushing it yet because I wanna try it and see what the results are. So I will right. let you know, I'll come back to that one. But And
2: Grooveglide is GRUV. Yes, yeah, yep,
1: yes. Yep.
4: So I would say that's probably the the, the most ubiquitous. I mm. think most DJs that have any experience with, you know, uh, with Grooveglide will stand behind it for sure. Yeah.
1: And what was the other question?
3: Next one comes from Jeff Bernke. Mixing with EQs and channel up faders, Should both channels be all the way up before mixing in the low and mid? Um, Auto gain issues. Track still comes in loud. I mix during my lunch break at work and just randomly pick songs. Any suggestions to listen for or see on the waveforms that will make a smoother mix? I get impatient to wait for the last 32 beats. So I think first we said is listen to our episode about... Yeah, um, Restraint and Patience. About Restraint and Patience.
1: The DJ's (laughs) Lost Virtues. Right, right. (laughs) But the, um, yeah, that, that is one answer. Yeah, just chill out a little bit. It's yeah. cool.
2: I tend to look at the, the EQ meter um, when when you ask if the, the gains or the lines should be all the way up. I guess it's going to depend on the file that you're playing. Yeah. yeah. Um, because That's, obviously some files are louder than others. So when I do go to throw my mix, I look at the EQ meter first um, before I go to bring it up because I like slow mixing, you know. So in... Asking if it should, it depends on the mix Mm. that you're going for. I mean, you can go all the way hot and drop it, or you can just slow mix it in. But any I I treat the EQ as as a line as well, and I mix the EQ the same way that I do the actual volume of the Mm. song. I kind of slow write it, you know, but... Um. Yeah,
1: you, you know, you guys know that I'm going to get stuck on that word "should," right? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, going to say later. Like, yeah. There's no <laughs> should. Yeah, for
4: me, it's it, uh, it, It's exactly what what Tony said, but in a few less words, it depends. Mm-hmm. You know, some sometimes you do want to come all the way hot. Sometimes you want to just kind of bring it up a little bit at a time. It just totally depends on the music that you're playing. It depends on the file and how they were mastered. It depends on at what points you're trying to mix. So going back to his issue about, um, you know, waiting for the last 32, well, you don't have to, but that's where you aren't going to be able to figure that out visually on a waveform. Hmm. You have to know your music, and you're going to have to know when that music, or when, a, when a particular song is is breaking down or, or and, and another one is building up and where those logical points to mix in and out are, That that's knowing your library. Yeah. If you don't know your library, any DJ can wait for the first and last 32 but you're going to have to have that restraint and patience. Well,
1: I was going to say phrasing ha- plays a role here too yeah. because if you're if you're talking about looking at a waveform, you might see a section that looks different than the rest of the waveform, which right. is probably a breakdown or something. Yeah. And that's because there is a change in volume, which is normally because there's a change in bass frequencies, which has taken up most of the, the room, right? right? So, for example, kick goes away and you just have, you know, something going like that. Then it's good. The waveform looks way different because you don't have that thump, thump, thump filling the waveform up, right? So, but if you know, if you already count in fours, then you can kind of predict when that's going to happen, right? So, oh, 32 bars... I see when there's a breakdown coming up, right? Yeah. Assuming that we're, we're talking all digital stuff here, sure. right? Um, my only point about the the should thing is, you know, that part of this is like this is kind of your creative decision as the DJ too, right? Yep. So when, when we say should, it's like, well, should you do it? Well, does it sound good to you, right? right. Yeah. So that, that, that plays a role as well. Um, uh, and it also depends on, you know, like if I mean, if you're doing three deck mixing, I almost never have all the faders all the way up, exactly. you know, or, or for instance. So, yep. yeah, that all plays a role. But the um, one suggestion I might have, if you're having trouble with the auto gain and the, the massively different volumes between two tracks, uh, platinum notes by mixed in key, maybe we can drop a, uh, uh, buy a, link. a link in the show yeah. notes, um, which will kind of level all that stuff out ahead of time and, and kind of eliminates that issue.
2: I'd like to know, um, does this guy, do you know how old he is by chance? And I don't want to, I don't want to stereotype by any means, but a lot of the younger generation, I've been actually helping a couple people out and teaching them like kind of basics of mixing and stuff like that. And that's one thing that they seem to think about DJing is that you constantly have to be doing something. So there's, there's no patience to wait for the mix. So when he said that he can't wait for the last 32, right. You don't always have to wait for the last 32. There's a lot of magic and a lot of songs, so sometimes let those songs do their things. Yeah. Don't think that you have to mix or do something because you're just standing there. You know what I mean? Like, let the song do its magic. Yeah. <clears throat>
4: Pretend to fiddle some knobs. <laughs> <laughs> what were you guys saying earlier? Point in the air? Yeah, there's some superstar DJs that have made entire careers off of pretending to fiddle with knobs. Yeah, them. I mean, <laughs> <So>. yeah. <laughs> I mean you could you can fader
2: freak, you can, you know, yeah, work yeah. the EQ a little bit and things like that. So you are doing something, but yeah, yeah. it seems to be that there's a lot of impatience or there's no patience. Yeah, and if that's in what waiting. it is,
1: and you know, that affects all of us, mm-hmm. I think, to some degree, sure. especially with digital DJing. And so I sometimes what I do is I just grab a loop or two and I mm-hmm. use those to add things add and take things, things right, away here right. and just so I got I can do a little something, but I don't have to get crazy with it. Right, and, right.
3: And for more in-depth on the EQing, you can refer to Episode 94, Equalization and Filters. Boom. And lastly, this uh, another question from Facebook from Rick Montero. Okay. Um, He was just throwing this out there because he's experienced this a few times uh, within his circle of friends that are DJs. And he asks, I was wondering if this topic has ever been covered, but now that I'm a dad and, and have responsibility... Has anyone ever discussed having a new girlfriend or spouse that was okay with you DJing as a hobby but after a year or so of dating or being married their attitude towards your hobby has changed and tends to tear their relationship apart. Hmm. I've had I've heard of people getting in fights and even breaking up because their significant other just simply was fed up with their hobby and with them going everywhere in order to play gigs and in the essence of seeming jealous over their hobby and passion,
2: all the time, I've had it all the time. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, I dated a girl for five years that hated me DJing, mm-hmm. couldn't stand it because I was in the top forty clubs and couldn't understand that I was there to DJ and do something of my passion and something that I really really love doing, but just couldn't handle it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's it's your hobby. You know, I wasn't going to ask her to stop her hobbies like that. I mean, that's something that I love doing. And if your significant other can't understand that, then. Were you doing that before you guys started dating? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was. But I mean, it was also my job at the time, Yeah. you know. Um, But when you're when you're not getting paid for it and it's your hobby, I mean, it's still your hobby. It's your free time. You know, that's something that you enjoy doing. This
1: is one of those questions that's hard to answer because it's like okay, we we're like entirely removed from the situation and like we don't want to give relationship type advice, right? Right. The last
4: thing I want to say here, but the first thing that kind of comes to mind is fuck them. You don't need that kind of negativity.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's easy for us to say, the but yeah. you know, but yeah, like, yeah. Uh,
4: but taking a couple steps back from that, yeah, no, it it is a very difficult thing because not everybody understands. Mm-hmm. That level of passion towards anything. You know, a lot of people have, you know, casual hobbies, but like, you know, some people just don't really get that into anything. Yeah. You know, so for people like us who have this passion towards music and DJing and performing and doing all of that kind of stuff, it, and it's not just, you know, a, a thing that you run out and, you know, you're doing a bunch of drugs and, uh, popping a bunch of bottles and hanging out or whatever. Like it's, it, it's not like that for everybody. There are people who are truly passionate about it, but like not everybody gets that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some people who are really truly passionate about like pottery and crocheting and stuff. You take away their yarn store and
2: like, you yeah. know, no. their their gonna life gonna go nuclear. Uh, right, yeah. right. No more hobby lobby for you. <laughs> yeah. Right.
3: right. right. You know? What do you but, mean it's closed on Sunday? <laughs> 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 exactly. So,
4: you know, coming back to that, it's it's one of those things that if this is truly a relationship of uh of of partnership and and trust and all of that, like you need that other person to truly be open to see what this means to you and mm-hmm. and try to build those bridges so that they they understand what it means to you, even if you're not getting paid, because not everything not everything that you make that, that makes you happy has to make you money either. You know? So like there yeah. are plenty of people who DJ for free all the time and are perfectly mm-hmm. happy with it. Um you know, so it, it, it's all about, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably not the best person to give relationship <laughs> advice. Right. But like that's one of those things where even sometimes if it if it takes like a, a third person or an intermediary or, you know, a, a counselor or a therapist or something to, you know, kind of bring those kinds of relationship issues to a head, you know, so that you can have those honest conversations and say, this is a part of who I am.
1: You yeah. Know?
4: And I and I need you to understand and respect that. And at the same time, I acknowledge that I have these responsibilities and a family and and all of this, and that's important to me too. So there should be enough room in there for everything and everyone.
1: And I'll I'll go ahead and kind of do the devil's advocate thing here in in defense of the uh, underrepresented. Um, (laughs) We we do need to realize that, okay, there are a lot of, overall, this is a problem that that couples have, like, hey, you're spending too much time doing this, or you care about this more than me, but something like djing where it's it inherently can involve things like alcohol, drugs, half-dressed girls, being out all night long, you know, not coming home and whatever it is, all sure. this kind of stuff. temptation sure. a lot, of, a temptation little, there, a lot of, sure. of temptation, a lot of you know things that people might not be comfortable with here. Right. So right. the only other thing I would say is okay from your perspective, is there anything you're doing that is making her unnecessarily uncomfortable not that you're doing anything wrong necessarily but like is there something about it that your your significant other doesn't like that might be the cause of the whole thing it might not be like hey you need to quit DJing this might be an underlining symptom of a greater problem well even even if it is related to the DJing it's like hey I don't care about the DJing thing I just don't really like it when you don't come home until three and don't say anything you know maybe it's some other issue like that that's not like hey I don't like it when you DJ right you know right See, unlike you, I think for
3: me, I'm the only one that started DJing after I met my spouse. And she was the one that got me to get back into it. Mm. It's not that I was reluctant. It's just it was a part of my life that I had kind of, you know, I had gone through it. You know, I had kids to raise. I had a family. So I had to make choices. So when she was like, "Hey, why don't you get back into it?" I was like, uh, "Okay, uh, okay, <laughs> yeah." It took me like seven seconds to to respond to that. <laughs>
4: to go to GuitarCenter.com and <laughs> <laughs>
3: screw that. I was like, I left skid marks in the in the driveway. <laughs> nice. So you know, I get back into it, and then you know, finding different ways to get involved, and in, especially using it with with CrossFit because that's a big part of both of our lives. It's mm-hmm. something we both shared. So it all that's how it all started off was me doing competitions and things like that. And then it slowly morphed into well, I got deployed, and then I was, you know, DJing at a quote club, and then I came back here and found you guys, and then I started DJing at uh, therapy, and then I found more CrossFit stuff to do, and then I started doing the corporate stuff, and then, you know, and even like helping you, Tony, like with the 3DM stuff. That still kind of revolves around DJ, even though I'm not Mm -hmm. behind the decks. I'm still out till three or four in the morning, and I had a, you know, honest conversation with her one day. I was like, babe, you know, if this is ever getting too much with me staying out and everything, you know, I, I really want you to say something because. I'm sure everybody will understand if I if this is not part of who I can be anymore. You know, cuz you know I you know the the little girls running around the club, you know, half dressed and all that stuff and that was one of the things I brought up and she's like baby, you're a CrossFit coach. You're around half-naked women who are hotter than me all the time. She's like, if I was gonna have a problem with anything, it would be with that. And I was like, okay, that's fair.
1: You're like, whoa, 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 <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. And, and like, I didn't even think about like that because, like, in that aspect, they're my athletes. You know, I'm not yeah. looking at them as like objects. I'm looking at them as someone I'm trying to get stronger, right. faster, better X, Y, and Z. So, you know, I'm very fortunate to where she is supportive of me and all my. You know, side hustles that but I see
1: the commun- I have. the thing there that you keep mentioning is the communication. Yeah, right? right? like you had that's a conversation. Exactly what about I was it.
4: sitting here thinking. Exactly that. Yeah,
1: and and that's something that you know in my own case, you know, uh, with my wife and I, that's something for all our faults. That's something we're really good at is communicating about stuff like this. And so, I think it, you know if you have that, by all means, use it. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes, laughs> if you yep. have that line of communication,
2: communication and trust, yes, yeah. sir,
3: or, or or start yeah, start that link that chain of communication. You know, so that way, when these issues come up, it's easier to talk about, yeah, amongst each other versus it coming into a fight.
1: It's not like an elephant in the room that you suddenly that have to keep blow stepping up around. About. Yep. yep. Yeah, that was uh, when when I first got together with my wife. It was like I have this hobby that, and you're not really too into it, and you have hobbies that I'm not too into, and so there you know, I'm trying to make you a part of it, but I'm not forcing you, yeah. and vice versa, and so we kind of were like. Okay, you got some things, and I got some things, and that's just cool. Yeah. All right, guys. We have a show topic, don't we? Yeah, let's play some records. woo Let's do it. Uh, Who wants to go first? Anybody, like, itching, excited to share one of these? I'll go. It sounds like you, because you're over there tapping the (laughs) chair. Yeah.
4: It's either that or he's had too much coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still
1: working on that. All right. I'll go ahead and go. Let's do, um, here, Trip. This is a cool one. This is one of those records, though, that's. Uh, I'm at risk of maybe you already having this, but if not, you're going to be like, yes. So we'll see how it goes. Okay. Be honest, whether you have it or not.
0: Oh,
4: I do not. Still sealed and everything. Yeah, I do not. Oh. I guess I should say what it is. Yeah. So, um,
3: so- wow, you don't have. Yeah, no. Is something you don't have by them?
4: I do not have any tool on vinyl, believe okay. it or not. Um, Nailed it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, this is Tools Opiate, the, which is their first uh, studio release. Okay, I
2: don't okay. think you even knew that, did you? You having a moment? That it was the first? <laughs> it was the first studio release, maybe? Uh, I
1: all I was like, I don't. I'm not sure what this is. I don't really recognize it, so yeah. I don't. And I'm not sure about the track list, so I don't know if he's got this or not. Yeah, so I'm just gonna give it a whack. <laughs> so
4: a lot of people, um, their first, uh, um, their first foray into Tool was Enema, right? Uh, yeah, right. And um, that's. I mean, that was like 46 and two, and all like all of that good stuff, right? But yeah, there were. Um, this was one before that.
1: So you've got, I think, six tracks to pick from there. Is there one that you have in mind, or are they all yeah unfamiliar? No.
4: The, out of all of these, I would say I'm going to play Jerk Off.
1: Okay. Are these all like 13-minute and typical tool style? Believe it or not, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I didn't think about. Thir- about 13
3: minutes with four BPM changes. <laughs> right. Yeah
4: systematically remove them like you would any kind of termite or roach. The the really cool part about like, you know, albums like this is that like when you follow an artist over so so long, and then you hear these like recurring themes, Mm. and especially with Tool, who like have such a distinctive like sound all of their own, like you hear like kind of like the genesis of all of that because I believe this was done in ninety. It
1: was like ninety two. Two yes.
4: Yeah, So, like, I mean, if you think about that, like, you know, Enema was, like, what, 95, 96, something like that. So, like, and, yeah. and when, so when that kind of explodes like that, you know, as big as it did, but you come back to something like this, it's easy to listen to, the, like, to all that live stuff and just kind of, it's, it's more raw, it's not as yeah. polished a, as, as, like, you know, their later studio stuff, but you hear... Like the like I said, the genesis of it all. It's
0: really cool.
1: And Maynard's always been pretty forthcoming with releasing live stuff too. Like I think there's there's entire like a perfect circle releases that are just the live version. Yep. You know, this is the duplicate album live version and yep. they do they release stuff like that all the time and I think that speaks to their musicianship, you yep. know, their in their confidence in actually performing
4: yeah not just w- recording, which is is something really hard for people these days. like a a lot of a lot of like headlining artists like I mean, and this is to me, this is something relatively new. They've kind of taken to playing their studio release with their own vocals and stuff mm. and then they are still performing over their own right. like studio oh, okay. release no, and some even like take iPads and put them up on on mic stands you know like you know so you know our idea of like rock bands and rock stars that you know that bef- like you know how how impactful would it have been if Motley Crue took the stage? But then they like had their, their sheet music up there with them. You know, <laughs> like right. yeah. it's a diff- it, it, So it's it's kind of a different time, like where uh, you know some of these people, some of these like bigger stars are kind of getting criticized for not putting on a show or not knowing your own music. You know, music and your own content yeah. and your own show and yeah. what you're trying to convey. Um, but Tool has never been. Yeah, that. (laughs) Like, if anybody's ever been to a tool show, it's it's never the same thing twice, and it's always super intense.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) No problem. All
1: right, who's next?
3: All right. Okay, so this first one is for Dave. Uh oh. Um, with, I know that he's got a love of all things funk.
1: Oh, snap. <laughs> what? Oh, it's, oh, conf, con- Confunction. Confunction. Yeah. Okay, it was covered up by the tag. I wasn't sure if there was Confunction. Contains the hit single Fun. So, is this one of those that I'm going to recognize as soon as you start playing? More than it? likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this. Should I play this one here? Fun? Yeah. Yeah.
2: That sounds fun
1: That sounds fun And it sounds familiar It's spelled with two F's
2: Well yeah
1: Which makes it like Extra fun
2: Makes it (laughs) Fine
0: (laughs) (laughs) Function
1: (laughs) I like the Cover art Everybody looking All dapper Oh yeah
0: Yeah
1: Yeah I'm just looking for the Maiden Dayton Ohio sticker on this. <laughs> right,
0: right.
3: <laughs> this is like stuff I remember my dad playing growing up. Oh so man! Just like yeah, man. this
1: is copyright 1977. I gotta say, I don't recognize it, but I like it. Yeah, I'm already like
4: looking for
3: samples, samples to yeah. chop. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's real like Ohio players. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Dude, it's best bass guitarist. Like that, the bass lines in funk are so funk, fun, yeah, and yeah, it's like absolutely. you're not used to hearing bass be so prominent. So that fun, fun,
3: fun part. There's a kid and play track that they sample that piece in. I can't remember which song it is though. Yeah, it's one of the kid and play songs I remember from high school. Yeah. And even this riff right here.
1: Yeah, that's that's my jam right there. I like it. <laughs> right.
2: You played off of that word compulsion pretty well. Yeah. That's con-funked up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This is cool, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Very nice.
1: <laughs> Good, I'm glad you like it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of those records I'll just let play while yeah. hanging out, you know, all the way through. Trip, you got some records?
4: I do. All right. Fanciest
1: this- rapping job. Winner, Trip Turlington. <laughs>
4: I I I can't claim it. My wife <laughs> did this for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did it the hard I, way.
4: I wrote your names on them though. Yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this first one is for David. Oh, for me
1: again. Sweet. All right. So right. Let's see if it's easier to open or harder than the sleeves. Right. It's going to be harder. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah.
4: So as you're opening this, um, you're definitely going to know the artist. You'll most likely know the track. But,, uh, as I was going through and and finding stuff, I intentionally picked this one out when I found it because it's one of those that, if you love like electronic music and raving and all that stuff, it's probably something that you should have. But here's the best part is that I think it's this is before your before, before your gone. time. Yeah. But you but it because it's as timeless as it is, it, it's that it's that monumental of of a track that you you will know it even though this was before you got into it.
1: Oh wow, oh, yes I do. Okay, so this is Fatboy Slim right here, right now. I, I used to <laughs> right listen here, No, I used right that was now. like my hype track before I used to fight Oh, really? Yeah, I would I would put that in and I would want to rip somebody's head off, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, this is great cuz right off the bat, like I I've always wished that I had a little bit more what would you call it? Big beat. Yeah. Uh, you know, like right. this kind of like Crystal Method and stuff from around this era. Right. I don't have a lot of this on wax, so
3: Careful, I, I, yeah. You know, I, I might, I might have a reaction. Yeah. We you might know. be triggering Mo right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was the last song I would listen to before I w- would go out to the cage. Oh wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> to the cage!
4: Like, <laughs> he's all talking like Mad Max. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the king of
3: Bartertown? Town?
4: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this like. So I don't know about the rest of you guys, but like for me, like Fat Boy Slim was like just one of those that never left the rotation like mm-hmm. I still listen to Fatboy Slim on a regular basis today like he's in a couple of my like you know electronic ravey big beat um, type of crazy, um, well, it's, yeah.
1: it's one of those songs it's that style that's like it's electronic dance music but it's it's like a song to regular people too Right? you know right, what I mean right
2: what was the one that was Funk Show Brother yeah, that was the one. That yeah, the Rockefeller Scam. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But this, I just noticed this one has "Praise You" on the other side too. Yes. Yeah.
4: Yep. Here's the best part. That right here, right now, I'll give. I, I'll drop five dollars right now on anybody <laughs> who can tell me what that sample is.
1: Yeah, I got nothing. I've never even thought about it. What
3: What is it?
4: <laughs> there is a movie called Strange Days, and it's the most bizarre. I've seen. Like yeah. tech, you uh, f- like. Futuristic tech kind of, but political weird movie, right? And it's got Angela Bassett. Um, uh, I can't even remember everybody that's in it, but like that that sample right here, right now, is Angela Bassett like kind of launching into the uh, uh, the main character, and she's like. This is your life, Lenny, right here, right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and, and it's a crazy movie. Like it, the, the whole thing is uh, based around um, a guy who it's modern day drug dealing. I'm saying that in uh, air quotes, in air quotes yeah. but they call it wire tripping. Where uh, people put on these like, the headsets, sens- right? yeah, yeah. like these sensors on their heads and then they go and they like rob banks and jump off of cliffs and have sex with prostitutes and stuff and record that experience.
1: Oh, right. Okay. And then and they, they play come it back, back. And then
4: yeah. they sell the like in the movie, it's kind of funny because they the sell them mi- as like mini disc clips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, th- if anybody like. Oh, no, under- I, ha- I still have mine. I was going to say, anybody yeah. under the age of 30 that knows what a mini disc is. <laughs> like, yeah. But um no so it's just one of the i love the movie like it's got uh glenn Plummer in it too yeah Uh, he plays the rapper that uh okay Uh, yeah yeah, i i
3: I, I recognize it now yeah
4: but uh but yeah i mean just a uh, just an all-around great movie but like yeah one day i was watching it because i loved fat boy slim and i loved that movie but like just one day all of a sudden i caught that like in it's like
2: wait a minute. Like
4: all of a sudden, like two and two yeah. comes together, and like all the light bulbs come on. That's that's Fat Boy Slim.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool when that stuff happens. Yeah. When, yeah, yeah.
4: Such a great track, though. Like,
1: I dig it, man. Nice choice. Thank you. So. On the other side is crazy, like I said, and then don't forget your teeth. I'm, I don't think I know that one. Yeah, I'm not hip to that one. Yeah. I'll have to check that one out. I'll let you know. All right, T-Deezy, what you got? I
2: got a pile. Oops. I like that, T D Z. Um, Let's see here, let's see. I'm going to, okay, Trip, this is for you. And the reason I got this, um, David and I actually went yesterday together, and it was hard for us not to go to the hip-hop section for you. (laughs) We we tried real hard to get all hip-hop. Right. So we did stay away from it. Absolutely. Well, I don't... Yeah. 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 I stayed away from it. I sort of did. the reason why I'm giving you this is song number two, and it's For the Love of Money by the OJs. Mm. Oh. Now, but the reason why I went after that is because the movie New Jack City, yeah, Lavert Queen Latifah, did a song for the love of money that was on New Jack City. Right, mm-hmm. right. That's the original where they sampled it from. Nice. And that's why I got that for you. Well, hell yeah. Yes. Let's throw that on.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I got kind of close to hip hop without going hip hop.
0: Right, right. Mm hmm. <laughs>
2: Yeah, man.
0: Money, money, money,
2: money. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Money, nice. Money, mm. money, money. Yeah, that was such a classic movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm.
3: I, I actually showed that to my kids a couple summers ago yeah yeah but I always make them watch like horrible movies from the 80s and 90s but that actually wasn't one of the horrible ones I was I gonna him. say <laughs> no but I made him watch where are you stuff going like, with this <laughs> no, I, I made him stuff, watch stuff like you know Toxic Avenger and Kabuki Man oh, yeah. you know really horrible stuff but then we'll throw in a couple nuggets in there once more, like Rain Man and New Jack City was one of them yeah yeah yeah,
2: yeah there was a lot of this song sampled in that oh yeah yeah, because the guys singing acapella—I think it was Lavert, yeah, yeah singing an acapella
3: by the uh, in the dumpster fire there. It's, yeah. yeah, it's
2: Troop, Lavert, and Queen Latifah did the rap. Yeah,
4: yeah. This is this is one of those tracks that like is uh, mm-hmm. is almost overused whenever there's mm-hmm. like some kind of uh, any reference to money. It just kind of depends on you know whoever is is doing the the song picking for whatever it is yeah. but like they used it in the
3: apprentice too didn't they
4: i think so yeah there's this one and then they're like you know just like pink floyd's money, money. You know, yeah. like, yep. they, like some of those are just like all over the place but uh, but see, we're
1: so used to hearing the clip and the the chorus and right. the sample but listen how good this is exactly mm-hmm. like it's, it's really good it
4: stands very well on its own Absolutely.
1: Like, you never hear this part. Or at least I don't. <laughs> right, yeah. right. No. But, but even the, the lyrical content, though,
3: in this song is is legit. Yeah.
0: That's mm-hmm.
1: so good. <laughs> right, right. Thank you. Absolutely, Thank you very that's a much. nice one.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yes. Yeah, because that's one I don't have. Like, <laughs> there's some there's some there's
2: other good songs on there too, but that's the reason why I got that.
1: All right, I'm gonna get a little bit silly. Uh oh. Um, when I said I stayed mostly away from hip hop, this is what I meant. So this is for you. <laughs> this is for you, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm. I'm just going to let you open it and then see your reaction because I don't know if you're going to know what it is or not. Okay. This is entirely for the, the humor of it. It is not a good song. I'll just say that.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Wait. I'll open it so the
3: guys can see first. All right. No, I actually have...
1: Wow, dude. You know what that oh. is? Yeah. <laughs>
3: But it's it is you're right. It is a horrible song.
1: Yes. Okay. So this is. Um, Do we want to play the clean version? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was wondering if we should. I probably. It's been a number of years yeah. since I've heard it. This okay. Is what? Early two thousand. <laughs> Maybe late 90s, cause it, yeah. it, okay. so it, it came out as a response to No Scrubs, no Scrubs yeah. by TLC. It's called No Pigeons by Sporty <laughs> Thieves, and I heard it played on the radio locally once or twice back in the day. I don't know how, because it's... Well, you'll hear
0: A heard, so you know she want to ride, but she front like she can't say hi. What? Uh-oh. chicks. <laughs> uh This is terrible. <laughs>
1: Want no pigeons.
3: <laughs> yeah. I totally remember the song. Dude.
4: I don't. I, I, I have to. I remember as soon as you yeah. pulled it out, and then I saw the name, and it like oh. triggered something. So I must have heard
1: something else. They yeah, did. they like, did some other parody type yeah. response songs. This is
4: terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't have to play the whole yeah, thing, I was but
4: gonna I, say, like, I might have just <laughs>
2: fade that one they out. They can't <laughs> see it,
1: but I had this big-ass <laughs> smile on my face because I remember this song like and if, how horrible it was. If you've ever heard it, you'll have at least a nostalgic response yeah. if nothing else. Are these guys
2: intentionally sounding like shit, or is that how they really sound?
1: They sound like this all the time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if aesthetically if they meant to sound crappy or they didn't care. Or- <laughs> right, right.
3: It's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of their shit.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh <Uh-oh. Uh-oh. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> She ain't worth the
0: Ramada. That's yeah. terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> All right, so we're just gonna let that <laughs> we're, gonna,
1: we're gonna leave that alone. I, I have no idea how to shop for you. So yeah. when, when I found no. something funny, I was like, Ah, oh, yeah, no, right. that was a good one, dude. <laughs> I was like, Mo might know. And that. Oddly
3: enough, Melissa will probably remember this song too because she has a she surprises me when it comes to like horrible horrible tracks. That's she tends
1: to remember, dude. This is awesome. Thank you, bro. Now, for some reason, there's two copies in there. So if one that's of how them bad, get, it was if they, you, yeah. well. If you play, if you wear through one of them, you have yeah. yeah. backup. Well, He's I could I could just juggle. You could juggle, yeah. You could do some beat juggling with this. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh,
4: oh, man. That's... <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. All right. So Thanks,
1: dude. <laughs> I'll have to hit up Ike B and see if that was one he used to play or something. Because like I know I heard it and went back in the day.
4: All right. So this one's for Tony. Now, as you're opening this... <laughs> I fully expect that you already have this, what? but when I saw it, I was like, you need another copy because <laughs> I don't think you can have too many of them.
2: I see Africa Bambata. I can't see anything else. Tommy Boy Records. Visit okay. Planet Rock. I was right. <laughs> hey, Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, I, though? Yes, I do have a copy. <laughs> and it is um, a little worn, because I did play it a lot in the clubs. Yep, no doubt. And I actually love this song. Man. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it.
0: Party people,
2: party people, we will get funky.
0: So sign and false, yeah, you will get funky yeah
1: <laughs> that other table's hooked up right <laughs> get to work tony <laughs> I, think another, I was gonna say there's Isn't another copy? Record in there yeah. <laughs> just need a battle record yeah
0: socialized get down your soul the way Go ladies! <laughs> yeah,
4: just the epitome of like party, party rock song. This, and the, and like yeah. because this, of the like skate
2: jam. Like, I was just gonna say like yeah. that, that. That's where I grew up was in a roller skating rink, and this right. part right
0: here.
1: This will be our first strike on SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> Come on guys, keep talking, keep talking. <laughs>
4: yeah, no. We for, rocked out too much. For, for me, it, it, like I I was in skating rinks when I was a kid up until I was probably 14 or 15 years old. So like for me it was all through like the late 80s and into the early 90s. Mm-hmm so like that was a really fun time because you know you had like all of the newer kind of skate jams Mm -hmm. of the the, like early 90s but like all of the DJs that were in the skate ranks at the time you know were in this age range were the older cats still Yeah, yeah. yeah, so like they were able to reach back you know to stuff like this mix in with the with the newer stuff and like it you know that was a really awesome versatile time to be a DJ I think and I didn't even know anything about DJing Mm -hmm. back then I have a whole
1: generation of kids coming up Calling this roller skating jams Just yep. because of that right, All right. of
2: this All of this Style of music From this To Debbie Deb To Freestyle yeah. Um Uh Cover girls Just all of the computerized sounds yeah. You know Like that was My love In and, and roller skating music Like anytime one of these songs Would come on Yeah pew, Right You know I mean I jammed to, to Zap and Roger And the slow funk And, yeah. and, and stuff like that But you know, the 80 miles an hour around the ring, boogie <laughs> bouncing super <laughs> yeah. fast. Like, right, yeah. Right. All the 125 to 130 BPMs. Like, yep. yeah. And the, oh, the electronic, the computerized voice, and the synth Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent choice. Thank you very much.
4: So, yeah, like I said, I. I fully expect that you have that. Yes, absolutely.
1: <laughs> but Actually, you could
4: never have too many copies. I have, yeah, that's, right? the,
1: that's one you
2: could have 10 copies of and be like, right. oh, that's I'm like, running low on copies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: right. That's like, that's like Michael Jackson's thriller. Of course, everybody it has six to, copies. Yeah, of that. right. right? Okay. I have
2: the 12 and then I have a compilation. It's got like pack jam. It's got um, planet rock. It's got a bunch of them on there, but right. yeah, it can never have. No, Yeah. No. this awesome. is a classic. Thank you very much. Thank Sweet. You. Very nice. Very nice. My <laughs>
3: Sure.
1: Whoever wants to jump in.
3: Oh, okay. So, I did not go hip-hop with you, Tripp, because I know uh,
1: you also like some blues. Oh. Blues. I don't think we've brought in blues on the show before.
4: Yeah, I don't think so either. And this is not an artist I'm familiar with. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Not at all. But... I do love me some blues. Like that's the that's the neat thing about blues is it's a lot like funk in that for me I can I that's one of the few genres that I can just like go to Spotify or Pandora Mm -hmm. and just say, start playing that genre. I don't care. Yeah. Like I have my favorites, but I don't it doesn't necessarily like I don't have to necessarily know who as long as they're in that vein.
1: Once you hear his voice, you'll recognize it. Can we say the name of the artisan track?
4: Oh, sorry. Uh, So I got Leon Redbone from Branch to Branch.
1: Okay. That's cool cover art. Can I see that? Yeah, it is.
4: And I'm just going to randomly pick one here. Let's go with uh, A Hot Time in the Old Town Tonight.
2: just like the title of that. Come along, and ready your brand new
0: girl. Well, it's gonna be a meeting And yeah. let's go to good old town let me, let me Oh, that's
1: nice. So this is this oh, sits right at that crossroads of like old country and blues that yes. I that I actually like. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got ragtime pianos, cool too, yeah, right?
4: And he's got that it like
1: real raspy, that, voice, yeah, the yeah.
4: raspy kind of gravelly thing and going. On. Oh, that's nice. when you
1: hear Cause do don't be a hot time in all.
3: old am surprised you never heard of him.
1: No, no. I'm like you in that though. Like I I know that I like blues and I play but it there's all the time. So much but out I can't, right. yeah, if you're like, who's your favorite blues artist? I'm like oh, uh, uh, RL you
4: know, Burnside is me. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> you're like uh muddy dark cat Yeah. <laughs>
3: That's like Jones. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs>
4: That's hilarious.
3: Yeah, if I ever became a blues artist, my name would be Mordecai Johnson. <laughs> and I would play the Jews' harp.
1: And we'd call you Mojo. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I got you. I see what you're putting down.
4: That's awesome. Thank you very much.
3: Cool. I was actually kind of concerned that you might have it because I figured you, I just assumed you knew. Yeah,
1: no. Leon Redbone. Yeah. yeah, no. I, What's it, that uh, style of music? It's like well, roaring. Electro 20s. swing. Electro swing. Yeah, because yeah. this could totally be the base of an electro swing
4: Absolutely. song. Absolutely. That's and that stuff is really cool. I wish it would like. I, I don't like. I don't know what the target audience is or how big it is outside of like whatever, but like. You know, whenever you look up Electro Swing, it's like almost everybody that talks about it finds it in the same place I do, which is. Digitally imported electro swing channel. Like, <laughs> it's almost like nobody else yeah. like like nobody and plays it out. Nobody DJs it. Nobody like but a lot know, of it's very yeah.
1: samey. I think You're that right, that right, might right. be why but I right. I did play one gig that was like it was like a roaring 20s flapper party. Oh, that would be thing. really cool. Yeah. And our, that would Mary fit. Catherine our friend Mary oh, Catherine okay. three once. and so yeah. I yeah I did a whole electro swing set for that. And that was kind of fun to do something oh, no different.
4: Kidding. Yeah. No kidding. No hmm. kidding. Huh. But it was like
1: I found I, I was like okay I found all of Electro Swing. Like now what?
4: (laughs) I found all all the records. I found all the things. Awesome. Thank you very much.
2: My pleasure. This one is for Mo. And I got this for you, Mo, because of your mobile skills. Oh sweet. Yes. And it's one of my favorite Groups of the time because I love Lionel Richie. And it's the Commodores. Oh and it's got one of their most popular hits, which was Lady. Mm. And What Mobile DJ does not, does not need have Lady, yeah. <laughs> that song.
3: My dad's going to come visit. He's like, did you steal these records from me? <laughs> <laughs> <Baby>. <laughs>
0: nice.
4: Oh, I know this one. Yeah, yeah.
3: I was just telling my wife the other day, I was like, I don't remember where I put my car keys, but I can remember word for word songs from like 20 years ago. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah.
1: There's just there's something about that edge of funk and disco that's just it just makes me smile. You know what I mean? Right. Like just, oh I'm in a good mood, suddenly. This is great. And the
4: funniest part is like it was probably like <clears throat> the thing that like triggered people <laughs> yeah. back then, like, no, it's too close to disco. Yeah. Burn it. yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: Thanks, dude. Absolutely. That is awesome.
4: So for this one, um it's partially jest, But it's also
1: everything we get. Mo is like I'm. I'm (laughs) sorry in advance.
4: (laughs) No, 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 no. No, I'm I'm definitely. I'm definitely not sorry. Yeah, yeah. I am not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Not sorry for this one. So it's partially in jest, but it's also very serious because you cannot have a record collection without this one as well. Yeah.
3: Um, For those that aren't aware, I'm actually starting my vinyl collection because all my tracks are digital. So <laughs> really the only vinyl stuff is I have is the stuff the guys gave me last year and a handful of stuff. Sorry. I picked up doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so great digging on my the,
4: own. uh, is, so as I said, partially ingest, but also very serious, much like these guys.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> wow. Dude. Ooh. Hmm. ah,
1: So, we got all the valves. What's the crack?
3: (laughs) So, so the first thing I saw was Jeff Jam. So, you know, you really can't go wrong there. But it's uh, Beastie Boys. And it's got new style Paul Revere. Oh, man. And it's got an instrumental Paul Revere. So, I might be able to work on my scratching with that.
1: Oh, man. Can we just play Paul Revere backwards and see what it sounds like? (laughs) Sure. Why not? (laughs)
2: Story I got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. It started way back in history with that Rob, and me. My team. been had a little horsey named Paul Revere. Just me and my horsey in a quart of beer, riding across the land. Man,
1: listen <laughs> how crunchy that is. I know, right? Like, think like it's classic.
4: Yeah, right. like you don't. All by myself without
3: nobody. The sun is in that whole backwards. <laughs> <loop>. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, right
4: like so like that that was like the hardest thing about Beastie Boys right like was that they they had the hardest time being taken seriously Seriously. because they weren't really
3: they were three Jewish boys from (laughs) were they from Harlem or I'm not sure which borough they're from but Uh, right they started off as punk rock right you know
4: But like, you know, doing this whole crossover thing and like, so like, it was almost like they weren't taking it seriously, but they were taking it seriously, but they were taking it seriously by being silly and by being blah, blah, blah. Like, so it was just like one of those things where it was like, what the hell is actually going on here? And even all these years later, like we know, you know, by looking at their catalog and the course of their career and everything like that, they ended up becoming iconic yeah yeah but at the time it was like one of those you know fine lines where like were they hip-hop were they not hip-hop what the hell is actually going on
0: here yeah one
3: of those def jam documentaries russell simmons talks about the first time he met him and they all showed up like in red adidas jumpsuits he's like who the hell are these guys (laughs) (laughs) you know he's like no this is them this is this is how they are they're this is and he was like what what? Yeah.
4: Like, yeah. I can't even imagine like having been in that office at that. Yeah. <laughs> what? what? But
3: like you said, looking back on their catalog, I mean, they started off as punk, then transitioned into the hip hop. But then you go even further down the road where they had like the in sounds from way out when it was all instrumental, like funk and stuff like that. I mean if you've never heard that album, check it out. It's it's all instrumental, but it's all funk. It's all inspired by their own creations and it's it's pretty dope
1: yeah and i'm not as up on beastie boys as some people but i know like like paul's boutique was was that was a huge one sampling and and all that too and that's the thing you know when you bring up beastie boys like they sound like they're kind of not taking it seriously but then they have all these like these moments where it's like, yeah, they were definitely taking this seriously. Like, right, you right. don't come up with something like Paul's Boutique, yeah. fucking around, but right? <laughs> right, right, yeah, right? The
3: thing with Paul's Boutique, it was such a departure from License to Ill that a lot of people got turned off by it because I was actually one of those people because I was still young. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, I was like, this isn't licensed to Ill, but that's right. not what it was trying to be. Right. But then fast forward ten years after that, and I'm listening to it, I'm like, man, this shit's pretty dope. Right. You know, when I was looking at it through a different lens, and I was like, okay, no, this is this is legit. Yeah. You know, stuff like Shadrack and. um Hey, ladies. Yeah, there's some good tracks
1: on there. Here, Tony, I got one for you. dc
0: And
1: you probably saw me shopping for this one. But I don't know if you remember what it though. was. Um, we but this comes. Together. This comes from. The time period would be probably when you were playing a lot of the top 40 stuff, uh-huh. and I was just kind of growing up and listening to the radio. So that's what I remember it from. But you might remember it from a different perspective. So.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember this. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> to me. Yes, yes. This was a, um, a, a really big hit that I used to play in the top 40 clubs all the time. This was, um, let me think. Oh, Ninety wow. Three, but which song? 90, like around 92, 93. Um, it's Information Society. Um, what's on your mind? Pure Energy. Yeah. Pure, Pure Energy. energy. Oh. Yes. Yeah. That was uh, Dr. Spock sample. Yep. Yes, it was. Yes. Yes, actually, I love this song, man.
1: It's one of those ones that I forget about, and then like five or ten years later, I'll hear it, and I'm like,
2: oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever and, happened and to that? Another thing, if you notice here, the trend, both are on Tommy Boy. Oh. Hey. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And I actually, I don't think I have this anymore. I think I lost this in the shuffle, because I've moved around so many times, but... Well, I gave
1: it just a quick listen, and it sounded like it was in really good shape. Yeah, so. I mean, it looks yeah,
2: it looks pristine. Yeah.
1: This, this song still has it's, it's so good. It still has the snare and it still has the vocal style of leftover from the eighties, yeah. like mm-hmm. hardcore. Yeah. Yeah,
3: that hangover took a long time to, to wear off. <laughs> yeah,
4: that's a very eighties kick, a very eighties mm-hmm. snare. Snare, yeah.
2: Yeah, I never had this version.
1: Yeah, because I think doesn't the original start right in with the vocals, yeah. cappella mm-hmm. style? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: And you know what? It, it, you, what you were just saying, it, like tracks like this, absolutely. Oh, 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 oh mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it just totally took That's me how out the of my the original started with yeah. that right okay. there. Right. But um, yeah, for me, this is definitely one of those tracks that where yeah, it does it totally triggers you and you're like, oh man, that was awesome. Whatever happened to? For me, the one that does it is. Um, the KLF 3 3 a.m. eternal. Eternal. Oh, nice. But there was like... The, there were like 18 gajillion mixes Remixes, of it. Yeah. But there was just the one that was like on the radio mm-hmm. and that they made the video around and all of that stuff. But like, and that's the one that I like locked in on. All the other ones were just kind of like, what? Yeah. In, uh, like, they were
3: a lot more mellow. I, yeah. Yeah.
4: And that one wasn't like, that one was a remix of An original. the original. Yeah. The original wasn't even that great. But like, whatever they did with that one. But every time I hear it, same thing. I'm
0: like
4: right. Yep. So that would mix perfectly with this right now. Uh, like yeah. <laughs> to, <laughs> to trigger some ultimate like 90s memories for me. <laughs> mm.
1: So even if you did have this, there's a couple of new remixes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, right. <laughs> I love it.
2: Ooh. Thank you very much, No David. problem. Yes. yes.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Sounded pretty good. Yeah. Thank you.
3: This uh, is for uh, T. Dizzle because, you know, he's about the same age as me and we all had this. Uh... Is it Pebo Bryson?
1: No. No, no, no. <laughs> That was last year. <laughs> I came across that when I was rifling through your records the other day, looking for Instagram shots. You found the people. I was like, hey, there it is. But uh, a lot of
3: people might not remember the name of the group, but they'll remember the uh, the number one track off of this. So
2: The Tramps. <laughs> There's a couple good ones on here, but Disco Inferno.
1: Oh. Yeah. Okay.
3: You, you, and again, you, know, you can't have a disco
2: crate without having that track. Right, right. 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 Yeah, that was on a f- on a few. I think even Mickey Mouse did a disco inferno. Donald Duck. Yeah, that's one what of, it was. Yeah, it yeah. Di- <laughs> the yeah, yeah. Disney one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rick Dees and, and did that one, I yeah. think.
1: Yeah. You familiar with this one? Disco sure. Inferno? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't realize who it was, but yeah, like, I, I didn't know until you said the name of the track.
3: <laughs> All right, everybody, uh, right in right arm pointed straight, index finger out, left shoulder <laughs> down. Yeah, <laughs> feet slightly wider than shoulder width apart, and. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm so impressed with how much we did not rely on hip hop this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so far, I'm the only one that sort of brought in a hip hop track. Yeah. You know? we, we don't count. We won't count that. We, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's more like a comedy album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Whatever the amp is, or whatever on the, the bass guitar there, that's giving it that little overdrive. Yeah. 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 That.
0: yeah, it's, yeah. it's a
1: little resonating. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Running hot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, bleed just bleeding a little bit.
3: <laughs>
0: and
2: this David, you were with me. David and I went shopping together. When I got this record, I didn't know exactly who I was going to give it to, and then I showed David, (laughs) and he's like, wow, and and it both hit us that he got me almost the same thing last year, so it was only right that I give this one to him. (laughs) It's not the same thing. It's version one, because he gave me version two, and it's- That's right. Yes, and it's the soundtrack to Beverly Hills (laughs) Cop 1. Oh, he got yeah. me too last year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and the reason right. and the reason why I got it is because of the electronic track that was that movie's theme, the song, theme song. Axel yeah. F. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. By Jan Yes, it's a uh, um Harold Faltenheimer. Harold oh. Mm-hmm. That song was I, I feel was like a like a Herbie Hancock rocket. Mm. It was kind of ahead Forget of its car, time. Right. Yeah. You know, there was really no vocals to it. Right, it was all right. synth and it was 1983-84. Right. You know, was, that song came out and a lot of people We're almost like, what is this? But, you know, it was also tagged with and known as the theme song to Beverly Hills Cop. Right, right. I don't know if you guys know or not, but they're talking about a new Beverly Hills Cop coming out. Are they? I did. Mm -hmm.
4: I heard something uh, about that. They're waiting for
2: the right script. Like the right uh, Eddie Murphy. They did an interview with Eddie Murphy, and they're waiting for the right script to be finished written yeah and nice. they're putting piecing it together and as long as it suits everybody that was in it and they all agree to it yeah right. they're gonna release
1: hmm. so the soundtrack features glenn Frey, patty labelle pointer sisters rocky robbins shalamar danny elfman so Alamar. many good wow so many junior good the system
4: yeah man this it like this like this just triggers yeah. uh, like it you they're yeah they're it's one of those that's just so memorable off of it, it like no vocal no nothing but like even if you never saw Beverly Hills Cop like as soon as you heard it like. You know yeah. you know this
1: track. Everybody so. knows that synth line and yeah. that, that melody. Right. Well the only other ones besides
3: Rocket and this or the would be the Miami Vice theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That would yeah. be another yeah. one yeah. from this era that people would that's what I was thinking about, Jan Hammer. I think that right. was him.
1: I do want to say real quick, this has nothing to do with the track, but just as a reminder, we are, uh, next week will be our New Year's Eve special, our New Year's special, and then we will be taking two weeks off of publishing, so we didn't go anywhere, don't freak out. First two weeks of January, will be silent, and then we will be hitting you guys back with another episode in the middle of the month thanks a lot buddy that was that was cool to bring the uh the it symmetry was, yeah it was, it was cool because when i pulled <laughs> the, the record out i
2: showed david i'm like man i'm like i don't know who to give this to he's like man i got you beverly hills cop two last year. i'm like that's right there <laughs> it is, here it, is. <laughs> it made complete sense and we won't spend a bunch of time on this but the reason i got this for myself we stayed away from hip-hop from everybody mm-hmm. whatever um this is called juice crew 2000 but it's got, I mean, Big Daddy Kane, MC Shan, Cool G Rap, DJ Polo, yeah. Master Ace, Craig G, Biz Markie. What? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it's got MC Shan. We could Shan. do a whole episode, episode just off of that. Yeah, just yeah. off he those was artists. Like, yeah. Yes. He was like, who should I get this and it for? Was, I'm like, "Uh, will it. Take was. Yeah, I'll take it, it. It. <laughs> it was only like six bucks, so I couldn't pass on all those.
1: Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah. Do we want to just pick one of those to outro two, or do we want to talk about some of these?
4: I mean, it, yeah, like...
1: The bridge? Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh like just off of the top of uh, like the ones that speak to me, like Just a Friend, of course, Biz mm-hmm. Marquee, Drop in Silence uh, Drop in Silence by Marley Morrow.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh no half stepping, of course. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. This yeah. Man, that, that's good stuff right there.
2: Yeah, those are all all classics from my beginning from of youth. my hip hop days, like the cassette tapes. From your Ute? my ute <laughs> from a my ute
1: awesome let's pick one of these tracks to outro since this is your uh, uh, special find
2: um man this is a banger just right because here, yeah man. just because a lot of people may not know until you actually hear the song play the bridge
1: alright folks this is MC Shan the bridge the bridge mmm and happy holidays. This has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. We'll see you next week for our New Year special. Until then, ciao. I started
4: way back when. The monument is right in your face. Sit and listen for a while to the name of the place. The bridge. The bridge. The bridge. The bridge. 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 Hip hop was set out in the dark. They used to do it out in the park. Every place that said his name, it rang in a long Tom, a who's known for his rap, jack,
1: Larry okay, I have this thing and you're not really interested in it. And then she had this thing and I'm not really interested in Ooh. it. And so it was like... <laughs> 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 what? What did I even say?
2: I have this thing you're not interested <laughs> in. You have this <laughs> thing <laughs> I'm not interested <laughs> in. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, hard to tell where yeah. he's at. I have Cut, this, edit.
1: <laughs> I have this <laughs> hobby. <laughs> yeah, you know, I have this hobby that, and you're not really too into it. And you have hobbies that I'm not too into. And so.